Good morning. It is Wednesday, July 1st, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in Scripture and prayer before the busyness of our day begins. Well, I hope you're enjoying 1 John. I am finding it very, very challenging both to read and to apply to our lives. John is a different kind of writer than we've seen from the other biblical writers we've gone through so far. I remember way back when I was taking philosophy courses, pretty much the only thing I remember about Nietzsche was that he said something like, people will write entire books about one sentence that I write. And that's kind of how I feel about John. So much is packed into one verse that I just don't see a way we can speed up right now, except to keep going one verse at a time through this section. So let's take on the next verse. Let me read our passage for us today, pray, and then we'll dive into it. This is 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let's pray together. Good morning, our Father. Today let your name be hallowed. And as your words leave our lips, let them be in praise and honor of you. Lord, we come to First John again with expectation of meeting with you and of learning from your word. So please, Father, teach us. Amen. Well, I had mentioned earlier this week that we would continue to face some scary verses. We know by now that John doesn't pull any punches. And why should he? He's turning out hard truth after hard truth that confronts us where we are and demands a response. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. When I move to meditate on this verse, the first thing that comes to mind is something I have brought up before in this podcast. It's this, that it's so easy to dismiss and deflect the message of Scripture by thinking incorrectly that it doesn't apply to me. The classic example of this is the story of David and Goliath. Everyone knows it, and we automatically put ourselves in the shoes of David slaying the mighty Goliath and showing all the cowering Israelites who the hero is. But the reality is that we are the Israelite army, and the hero, David, points us forward to Christ. So in this verse, when John talks about this hypothetical person who says they have no sin and deceives themselves, well, as readers of the Bible and as of 1 John, we can't dismiss this verse or pretend this hypothetical person is anyone but ourselves. So let's examine it together with this on our hearts and minds. Let's start by saying this. I doubt that any of us, blatantly or overtly, would say, I am sinless. After all, if we did, we wouldn't see our need for a Savior and be reading this book and listening to this podcast in the first place. However, John writes that deception is involved in our self-testimony that perhaps sin goes unnoticed in our lives, and so we deceive ourselves into thinking we are good. I don't even want to go so far and so overboard to say that we think we're holy or righteous. We'll just say we deceive ourselves into thinking we're simply just good. So what does that look like? What would deceiving ourselves into thinking we are without sin actually look like? 
I think we can take a stab at this together. We can't move on until we just pay special attention to John's word choice. This word deceive and deception are just, they seem too careful of words for us to not take notice. When we are deceived, we have no idea what is happening. And sometimes we even think we're pursuing truth or honesty, but in fact, it's deception. It makes me think of getting scammed. We're taken advantage of without even knowing it, but John is talking about self-deception. So we're scamming ourselves. I'm going to try and take a stab at this and see if we can't put a finger on what it means to deceive ourselves. I remember when I was a young man, I went through this phase where it was first modeled to me and then I adopted it. This idea of confessing sins publicly to others. I'm not talking about real sins but sins that I would exaggerate or even create just for the sake of seeming transparent and godly. I hope you don't jump to criticize me too much because my outlook on it now is different than it was then when I was doing it. Then, I sincerely thought I was doing a good thing to model repentance to others and quote-unquote humble myself before them and God publicly as a way to create an atmosphere of true repentance. And as I look back and meditate on this behavior, this verse in 1 John that we're studying today is super effective at exposing the deception that I was under. In confessing my sin, I was more or less saying I was now sin-free and that God had forgiven me. Meanwhile, an even more sinister sin was lurking below the desire to be seen as righteous or according to my own standard and my own actions. This robs God of true glory and puts the glory on myself. If nothing else, it points to the fact that, at least in myself, sin is always, always, always lurking. One of my favorite Christian authors, actually, my favorite Christian author, has this great quote where he talks about this. He said that before he tries to write a book, he earnestly and sincerely and honestly tries to think about how he can write this book for God and for God alone, to give God glory as much possible and help others to know him more. But at the end of the day, when it goes out to publishing, no matter how hard he tries to make it go away, there remains this desire for his name to be on the cover of the book so that other people know that he wrote it. Sin is lurking, always. If it was so blatant and obvious, it would be blatant and obvious for us to avoid. Though you may not have acted like 16 or 17-year-old Chuck, surely the Spirit of God inside you has shown you your sin, and you have seen how sinister it can be. So guys, I admit it's not fun to spend a whole week talking about darkness and walking in darkness and sin and deceiving ourselves. But this is the reality of the Christian in life. This is why I like this model of what we're doing with this podcast. We're letting Scripture lead us in our devotions rather than coming to Scripture to find something to devote ourselves to. Jesus came to save sinners, ones that even deceive themselves at time with their own sin. So as we cross the halfway mark of this week, bear down with me and let's really take these verses to heart. 
On Wednesdays, we like to pray through one of the Psalms. So as we close, we're going to pray through Psalm 90. Let's pray together. Lord, you have been our dwelling place. And where else would we want to live? Your dwelling place is like no other, and for generations upon generations, the church has dwelt with you. You rule over us, Father, and we are but dust. One day for you is a thousand for us, and we cannot even begin to comprehend your worth. You sweep away our days like a flood or like a fleeting dream, like grass that fades and withers and then is renewed in the morning, for all of our days will pass away. So teach us to number our days. Teach us to run from sloth and run from laziness. Lord, teach us the heart of wisdom so that as we age, even age day to day, we grow in wisdom. Lord, you satisfy us. In the morning and in the evening, your love makes us glad all of our days. So let your servants work and bring glory to your name so that our children will know your glorious power. Lord, let your favor rest upon us and establish the work of your hands in us, your people. Amen. Go in peace. I will see you tomorrow.